Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 165. Welcome back, Adam Antimaniacs. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison, and thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope everyone is having a fantastic week. We have a late episode this week. It has been a very fun month so far. There's been tons of shows here in Toronto this month. As uh, some of you may know, I also do concert photography for the radio stations here in Toronto. So in the past couple of weeks alone, I got to shoot uh, Muse uh, with Evanescence and One uh, OK Rock were also on that bill. And what a show that was. If you haven't seen Muse before, they are a bucket list band for sure. If you tuned in last week, you heard the Blue October episode and I got to shoot that for the radio station as well. I got to cover John Mayer a couple days ago on his solo acoustic tour. And then just the other night, I was at Inhaler which, uh, man, have they blown up in the last few years. You may recall we had them on this podcast in 2019. At that time, they didn't even have an album out. And now their second album has just come out. And, man, they are fantastic. And they seem, as I said, I said they were going to blow up. And they have gotten very popular. And they sound incredible. And there's an interesting crowd, actually, at that show because... Um, well, the singer is Bono's son, and um, the band's very young. I'd say they're probably around, like, 22 years old. So there's a good portion of the fans that are, you can tell, are U2 fans that have checked out the band because he's Bono's son. And then there's a whole other set of fans who are so young that they've probably never even listened to U2, some of which probably have never even heard of U2. So it has been a busy couple weeks, but so, so much fun. It's what I live for. And when touring is busy, often too, that's when we get a lot of interviews. So I've been doing a lot of interviews in the last couple weeks as well. So a lot of episodes coming your way. And that brings us to today. Today, we have a great Canadian artist on the podcast. Today's episode features Aaron Hoffman, who you probably know much better by his moniker, Sunreal. He's touring for the first time since pre-pandemic for his newest album. It's called Nobody's Happy All the Time. The album dropped back in November, so if you haven't had a chance to check it out yet, definitely go take a listen. So I got the opportunity to chat with Sunreal on his tour stop here in Toronto at the Great Hall. And yeah, I had a really cool time chilling with Aaron. We did this podcast right on the stage at the Great Hall. And right off the bat, he complimented me on my Razor Ramon jacket from Chalkline Apparel. So got off on the right foot immediately. But before we get into the interview, let's do the Adamantium Recommend segment. So here are five songs that I've picked out by Sunreal that you should definitely check out. You can also now listen to the Adamantium Recommends playlist on Apple Music. So a lot of the songs from this segment go into there. It's not only a great playlist, but a great way to discover some new music. You may find your next favorite artist in which then you can listen to the episode and learn a little bit about them. So I usually like to start this list off with something new. So from Sunreal's brand new album, Nobody's Happy All the Time, I'm going to recommend the song, Nobody's Happy All the Time. And then from his last piece of work, which was an EP called I Can't Make This Up, back in 2021, I'm going to recommend the song Right Before My Eyes. And then from his 2019 album, The Aaron LP, I'm going to recommend the song 1000 Highways. And then from his first full album, which was in 2016, it's called One Long Dream. I recommend the song, Can I Get a Witness? And then going back to 2013, where it all started for Sunreal, I recommend the single, Everywhere We Go. 
And that's it. So check out the Adamantium Recommends playlist on Apple Music. And of course, definitely check out Sunreal's latest album, Nobody's Happy All the Time. And if you happen to be a first-time listener of the Adamantium podcast today, first of all, thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would absolutely love it if you hit that subscribe button on whichever podcast network you choose to get your podcasts. You can also follow the Adamantium podcast on social media. We're on Instagram at the Adamantium, on Facebook at the Adamantium podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. But you can find us just by searching the Adamantium podcast. And with all the formalities out of the way, let's get into today's episode. That's episode 165 of the Adamantium podcast featuring Canadian artist Sunreal. Thank you very much for joining us today. Have a fantastic rest of your week. Ramadan Mubarak to all those who are participating. And you will hear from us again very soon. All right, we're here with uh, Aaron Hoffman, aka Sunreal. Hey, hey. Thanks, dude. Thanks for joining me. Yo, thank you for having me. Bro. Yeah, man, it's cool to have you back on the road. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about the tour and, and firstly the album. So, uh, latest album, Nobody's Happy All the Time, dropped in November. So now that, you know, it's been a couple months that you've, you know, been away from working on it and getting it out there uh, and you've had a chance to tour it, tell me a little bit about your relationship with that album now yeah I think every single time that you do an album it's like you kind of have like a new for me anyway it's like I got a new baby in the in the catalog and it's like all my albums are like they mean a lot to me I put a mm -hmm. lot into my albums I put a lot into my music so nobody's happy all the time is like the latest uh, album that I'm touring right now and it's cool man it's cool to see people singing the songs this quick I mean it just came out November 4th and like people mm -hmm. know the songs quite well singing along at the tours and stuff at the to shows totally man yeah. and um, yeah I think it's just a really important uh, album on my catalog like uh, it's one of my few I think it's my most cohesive body of work I've done okay. um, and it's kind of my first like it's got a full theme to it, um, mm -hmm. but the, like the whole nobody's happy all the time thing. Like so many people, I feel like now compare themselves to people they see on the internet, mm -hmm. on Instagram, or TikTok, when really only people are just showing you literally the tip of the iceberg, like highlight reels and stuff like that. And it's it's really tough on people's mental health, I think, especially young people. Mm -hmm. um, so I wrote an album kind of about it, just like putting all my stuff out there and letting people know that suffer from depression, anxiety, mental health issues, whatever it is, like that they're not alone and like people can uh, lean on my music for that. Yeah, like the, the line in the chorus, I have it written down specifically, everybody's looking fine on paper, but nobody's happy all the time. Yeah. Is just kind of puts that in a nutshell. So totally. why did you think, why this song and why this title uh, kind of embodies the entire album? Um, yeah, it just it totally embodies it. <clears throat> Are you talking about Nobody's Happy All the Time? Yeah, song? yeah. Like, well, that's what I mean, like, th that song became the title of the album, too, right? So, so actually the first song I did for the album. Okay. So I made the album around that song. You, uh, based on after writing that song. Yeah, because I really like the, like, the concept of the song and also just what the song stood for. Mm -hmm. So even with, like, songs like Remember Me For Me or whether it's Hollow, like having a song that feels like an upbeat song just 
the whole course has just been like I'm sick of feeling hollow and it's yeah. like you know um, I think it just really kind of opened up the door for me to be more vulnerable on the piece of work on the album and like just kind of opened the door of the concept of nobody is happy all the time like we mm -hmm. think you know you know so many people uh, somebody said a quote to me not that long ago but it was like if we all put our problems in a pot and you got to really see what people were going through you probably take your problems still out take and your own as pot. fast as you could away with your problems yeah and it's like that just stuck with me so hard like we get inside our heads oh this isn't working or oh i want to be better at this or whatever it is and it's just like nah you're you like mm -hmm. you're the only you yeah. keep going keep getting better you've got like just you know focusing on gratitude and uh also not focusing on what other people have going on or what they have is it's hard it's harder to do than you would think of course in today's world it was easier mm -hmm. when you know maybe i was a kid when the internet wasn't so prominent easier anyways yeah yeah, yeah. so that's what that i mean about. think yeah if you think about it think about how we're probably around the same age like Mm -hmm. how we compared ourselves to other people totally. in our class and now think about having that 24 7 online 24 /7, like you said people posting their highlights and you got to compare yourself to their highlights yeah. totally totally man what about like you know i guess this album was was made like now we're especially on the same note too coming out of a really rough couple of years mm -hmm. for everybody Mm -hmm. Did that have any play into the writing of this album, like being at being at home for the last few years and not being able to tour? Not maybe um, subconsciously, but not really. But like wasn't maybe the subconsciously, yeah. just because I was noticing I was getting more messages from fans. I've always got a lot of messages from fans saying that lots of my fans have struggled with mental health issues, mm -hmm. depression, and my music has been seeming to help a lot of people. And uh, so it's always been important to me, but I did notice actually just getting a lot more messages through the pandemic with people struggling right. with the pandemic and whatnot. And like my music was like the soundtrack to them, like, you know, getting up and going outside for the first time in a week or, right. you know, whatever it was. So maybe subconsciously, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, now you started kind of, I mean, you've been, you've been doing this quite a while now and mm -hmm. you started mostly with like, a hip-hop influence totally. and over the years you've evolved into to pop music to alternative music acoustic folk mm -hmm. how do you think your your kind of evolution as an artist has led to the sound that's on this album i always always knew i could do more than just rap like right I, but rapping to me was <clears throat> like what i came up on and it's what i started doing first okay um and i was good at it i got good well i wasn't good at it when i started but as time went on <laughs> i got good at it and I also found out I was like pretty good at like acting and shooting videos mm -hmm. and like shooting really weird videos because like mm -hmm. there's a million rappers out there that would love to, you know, even get a hundred thousand views on a video on YouTube, you know what I mean? And it's like I found a way early on to stand out from the pack mm -hmm. with shooting really weird videos. But once I garnered success doing that and <clears throat> I was touring and everything, <clears throat> sorry, um, I knew I had more to do. Like I was mm -hmm. like, yo, I, I, like I, I feel like I just have more. That like, there's only so many times you can shoot an insane video to a, right. a rap song, and I didn't ever want to be redundant. So I started dipping into a new, new world, which was a lot more acoustic stuff. Did you know like from the start that you could <clears throat> sing like as well as rap? Yeah, because I've yeah. always sang on my albums. Gotcha. But, like 
always on like one song. Right. Um, and I've always sang, and I, I, to be honest, I've gotten a lot better at singing in the last few years just from like doing it more and like, of course, yeah. I've taken vocal lessons before and all that stuff, but like mostly just from singing more mm-hmm. and challenging myself in the studio, hitting notes I didn't even know I could hit and just little things like before I go on stage now I do a full vocal warm right. up and stuff like that. So. Um, you know, you learn how to how to sing better just by necessity when you're moving from rap to singing mm-hmm. as well. But yeah, now I just do both. And you'll see at the show tonight; it's insane. Like, yeah, people what, love the acoustic songs just as much as they love course, the rap yeah. songs. Of course, yeah. And the dope. like the instrumentals. Did you had you always played like some guitar, or did did you pick that up? Nah, man. Like, I started I playing guitar when I was 28. Wow. So like, I never touched a guitar ever. My dad played guitar, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I was 28, everywhere we go, had been out for a couple of years, <clears throat> and um, I was just like, man, I gotta learn an instrument, like, mm-hmm. this is just killing me, like, I don't know how to play an instrument, and I'm touring, and all this stuff, so I started playing it, and I just became obsessed with it, I just so, learned Were you self-taught, it. or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just, like, literally picked it up, my uh, wife taught me how to do a G chord, and she okay. taught me the D, and then she taught me what, what all the strings were. I'm left-handed, so I wanted to play it the other way, but I only had the right. Guitar right. I had. So you played upside down. No, I just played it the other. Right, you played the wrong hand. Yeah, I just played the wrong hand, which wow. was really weird at the start. But of now I could never imagine strumming with my dominant hand. But everyone strums with their dominant hand. Dominant yes. hand is definitely the most important. Like, it's good to be able to hit the hammers and all that kind of stuff. But like, the like the rhythm. The strumming of your technique. Guitar, yeah. yeah. So it was really weird using my. Non- Your weak hand. hand. My yeah. weak hand for D- Did it make anything else easier to do with the wrong hand? No, I'm left-handed. I golf right, play hockey right. Yeah, see, I'm weird like that too. I'm right-handed everything, but I play hockey left. Yeah, that's weird. But I golf right. That's which is weird. I know everyone. No, yeah. that's the right-handed, left-handed thing. I don't care if you play hockey left and, and you golf, golf right. Right, that yeah. is insane. Yeah, I don't know what it, hockey is. Literally the only thing I do left-handed. Hmm. Yeah. Wild, bro. Yeah. Um, so, you, but you were even adding, I don't, I don't know if for this, this tour, but I, like at one point you started adding even instrumentals into the live shows and stuff and having a bigger band uh, instruments? support you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I did on the last tour. Um, this tour, I, uh, I, it's just me and my DJ. He plays piano and I uh, play guitar. And um, I love my band, but like uh, I it just needed almost like a regroup tour. And right. I needed to be able to go on stage and like just prove get your feet that. back in the water and just like i needed it to be a personal performance i right. almost needed it to be just like me and my fans right um so having richie there to do the tracks and play piano with me and stuff i really needed it to feel personal this mm-hmm. time so we just did it a bit different it's been brought up actually on this podcast a few times before and i think you're another perfect example of this it, music kind of becoming genreless yeah. at this point you know um artists not being like pigeonholed into you know we i make this music so i have to make this music Mm -hmm. like you know reggae artists making you know rock songs and stuff like that or yeah um do you feel do you do you kind of do you agree with like do you do you feel like this is a trend in music and something that will kind of continue yeah i mean it was just even it's even like foolish to like just box people in the yeah. genre or say oh I do rap music okay I'm a rapper and I do yeah. rap music it's and I can like, only do rap music yeah I think it's been happening for a long long time even if you listen mm-hmm. back to old like <clears throat> like folk albums Bob Dylan like these guys were hopping around genres like crazy mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's like nothing new I think music and musicians especially we 
we go where our inspiration takes us and um i always thought it was dope when you hear childish gambino rapping so hard on a record and then you hear him do like sober and he's just like singing falsetto and i'm just yeah. like to me that's not weird at all to me that's mm -hmm. talent mm -hmm. like that's like oh that's what a talented person would do look yeah. at drake Mm -hmm. like look at Kendrick Lamar these people can do like if you took rap away from Drake you say you never rap again like he could be one of the he could be the biggest artist in the game still mm -hmm. with no rap yeah zero rap yeah so I yeah I, I would agree and it's funny like it came up on the other like even when I was in high school like if you were a certain genre type, you weren't even supposed to listen to other genres, you know? Like, yeah. you were supposed to be in that, that, like you said, boxed in. And I think a lot of that is just disappearing now. Yeah. Um, this is your first time on tour since 2018, 19. I think? 2019? Yeah. Uh, so first, what did, what did you miss the most about touring? Seeing their faces, hearing their stories, man. Like, just seeing my fans, connecting with them. Um, and getting to listen to the, the, the stories about how much they connect to my music at VIP. And then when we do the show, just hearing people sing the songs. Like, mm -hmm. last time I was out, the Aaron LP was brand new. Right. Uh, I was touring that album. And now hearing it, like, aged a bit and, like, you know, people have lived with it and been through experiences. Yeah. I've never had so many people, like, crying at my shows and stuff. Right. Like, people really, really, really deeply connect Connecting. to that album. Uh, particularly and I think nobody's happy all the time will be the same thing on my next one. yeah do you find that like your albums are kind of like a timestamp of your life totally like a chapter man. totally I can tell yeah. you the year where I was what was happening in my life um, yeah because that Aaron LP did seem like something completely different for you at it the was, time yeah, yeah it was the first album that I did that was like I was really nervous to put it out I didn't want to alienate my family right and um, I'd yeah. never really done anything that and they embraced musical. it like yeah. loved it Amazing. I mean you can see it it was a slow burn it wasn't like those records were right, just yeah. like doing great out of the gate um, it was a slow burn but like yeah there were I think five of them were in my top ten most streamed mm -hmm. songs ever so. yeah uh, <coughs> getting back on stage was it like riding a bike yeah 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 Yeah. no, no issues yeah, there yeah this, this tour I feel like I was just ready man. what are some of the songs that you've enjoyed playing this tour the most like which ones when it comes to on the set list are you like yeah honestly the whole set is so fun okay it's like the first time i've done a full set where every single song i'm like insanely excited for but i would say um i really like doing remember me for me off my new mm -hmm. album i really like doing thousand highways and then um i play electric guitar on healing so okay. I, like, I like playing like uh, busting out the guitar to, yeah. yeah i've never had played an electric guitar on stage i've obviously played them just in the studio and stuff but it's different yeah it's much so different because you get that like instant feedback too yeah and it's yeah. like it's pretty like it's it's a lot different yeah like, yeah it, just it hits the back different. of the room like yeah. yeah no problem yeah my first time doing it, i was like whoa this is different than in the rehearsal space mm -hmm. like very of course different full room of people and like it's like boom, you're like adjusting your settings on the amp and shit it's it's cool yeah that's cool man um and then in the last few years i mean congratulations you became a new father yeah. so how has been juggling touring with with fatherhood well this is my first time doing it and man all i gotta say is my wife is a beast <laughs> She's a beast, man. Like, she's just, she's like, my, my mom's there right now. My sister's been helping out so much. My younger sister, Katie, and uh, her parents and her mm. sister, they all live up the street. We live, like, just our whole family lives around us. Um, but uh, 
she's just an incredible mother that makes it able for me to go on the road, able mm-hmm. to go live out my dreams and like go do really like my job, man. It's like, yeah. it's my purpose. It's like, you know, what I'm meant to do is, is be out here doing this and I haven't done it for three years because right. of the pandemic and whatnot, but also I wanted to spend time with my kids. Of course, yeah. So, um, you know, I've got a lot of time in with my kids. I can't wait to go back and see them. I'm gonna get the summer with them, so. What do, you, what do you do when you're like missing home? I just FaceTime them. Yeah, I mean, nowadays it's so much, yeah, it's so nice. much easier. I can but, actually yeah. see them and stuff, but I'm excited to get home, but we got some more, more tours, yeah. more, some more shows to do. Uh, you mentioned already the music videos being a big part of your success, um, and you do have amazing music videos. Thanks, um, man. There, I, I think I, I had seen a handful of them previous, but I think I watched through maybe all of them yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, do you have a? Do you feel like a pressure now to live up to your own kind of standard? Nah, man. I mean, that, like, I mean, I've even just released like some videos that are just like not even meant to be like viral sensation right. videos, like. Um, like Thousand Highways is all shot on film yeah. and it's just me and my wife and it's not like trying to be this viral thing or anything it's right. just like a really nice backdrop to the song and whatnot. Um, but no I don't ever feel pressured like I have made those videos like like yeah, I'm only competing with myself so right. it's like uh, I do want to do some really crazy videos next I would love to um, we'll see we'll see what we got in the vault we're just like figuring out some stuff right yeah. now I mean, more than well, anything, they, they seem like a lot of fun to make. They're super so. fun, man. And yeah. they're, they're grinding. We work hard on them. Like I was going to say, so what's like the concepting <clears throat> process when you guys are putting out a new video? Does someone kind of have the idea yeah. before you start? Like, it's usually is- me, Dane, my director, and Byron, my manager. We mm-hmm. kind of come up with the ideas together. Usually Dane will bring us a treatment. He'll have like the idea for the most part. And then we just kind of tweak together. Okay. Lots of the time it takes months. Of course. Months of yeah. tweaking. Yeah, because um, we just take it really seriously and try and do the best job we can. Yeah. Um, do you have any favorites? My favorite video I've ever done is probably Everywhere We Go. Everywhere We Go. Um, Which was probably one of the earliest ones, yeah? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's my first, it's kind of my baby, like my first right. video that kind of put me on the map. Um, I would also say Bank On Me, I did that in 2021. Yeah. That's like the guy, I don't know if you saw it yesterday. Yes, I did. With the big beard. That's one of my favorite videos. Oh, I wrote down here my three favorites were Everywhere We Go, Bank On Me, and No Warm Up. Yeah, okay, so you like that specific. You know, I I do, the the comedy, you know, like the comedy, that was it. Yeah, they're fire. It was like... I also like Preach for back in the day, it was pretty cool. Preach was actually, yes. Preach was cool just because it seemed like, I mean, it seemed like you're on a Cross America tour just to film this video, yeah. Yeah. Did you guys kind of piece that together on a tour or? Okay. Yeah. Cool. It was, it was, what killed me is no warm up was like, there's a part where you just like point at this girl and she's pregnant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the baby comes firing out. Yeah. yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, there, I noticed that you get a lot of fan art and stuff for the Steven character yeah. from everywhere we go. Uh, does he ever make appearances or do you ever plan on, on I bring bringing him back? Him back? Yeah. Maybe this year I'll bring him back or next year. In a video, or in like, video. have you ever done any live show in the Steven, like, you know, nah, wardrobe change? And too much. <laughs> a little too much? Yeah, it'd be like too hard to be in that character the whole time. On yeah, stage. yeah. I'd have a hard time actually performing because he's just so awkward. I'd just yeah. be like awkward the whole time. What did you have to do? Did you like do a character study before or just. No, I just made just him up. Yeah? Yeah. That's so funny, man. Um, you kind of, you mentioned it actually already. 
Um, but one of my favorite songs of yours is A Thousand Highways. Oh, thanks. Man. Yeah, uh, like just beautiful little song. I believe it's, well, it's a love song to your, yeah. to your wife. Yeah. Um, and kind of just takes you through the, the trials of being in a relationship. So tell me a little bit about that song when you were writing it and what ins- like, you know, inspired you to write that song at that moment. Mm-hmm. And also tell me, uh, you know, tell me about the video because it obviously leads up to your engagement. So Totally. So I've been with my wife since 2010, 2011. Mm-hmm. So way before I ever had success with any music or anything, I was doing shows in coffee shops and pubs mm-hmm. around Vancouver and she was front row. Like, um, but the song is all about when I was going to propose to her and when like I chose that like her to be my wife or whatever, I, um, I brought her up to the Grand Canyon from Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. It was her birthday. And uh, the whole song's about like how nervous I was leading up to those moments. Like, drove through a Vegas night, hands like a bag eye, so almost puke, like lines like that. Like, um, we had to drive through Vegas to get to Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. So, like, I remember just being so nervous with this ring in my bag and stuff. And I remember I was just like, I don't know, like, I perform for a living, but, like, I never, I was so nervous proposing to my mm-hmm. wife. Like, just that meant so much to me. And, like, um, She's just my everything, man. Like, we've been through so much together. Uh, very early in our relationship, like, I didn't know if I wanted to have a girlfriend or if I was ever ready for, for getting married anytime mm-hmm. soon or anything like that. And she always just stuck with me. And, like, I think one of the biggest reasons why we're together today is because she, like, really didn't... Um, she was never like, oh, please, let's be together. Like, she was mm-hmm. like, go your own way then. Like, yeah, go do what you got to do then. Go get it out of you. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was just, like, no. Like, you know what I mean? She was just, like, very, she's a very confident person. And mm-hmm. I think um, she's really given me a lot of confidence with my music and always supported me so much. And she's just a really special person to me. That's cool, um, man. And then uh, the video was just fun to shoot it with her. It's funny because I thought she was going to be so nervous to shoot it because she doesn't really get in front of the camera ever. Yeah. And uh, I was the more nervous one because I was so concerned about her. So she, obviously she didn't know that there was a proposal happening. No, she some, did. She did know. Well, no, that's like a reenactment. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. I was wondering because I was like, was this, I was like, was there people hiding or was like, did, did, I thought you maybe threw it in the video. No, so, so that's a reenact- I actually proposed to her right there. It was in the summer when I proposed to her, but we reenacted it. Gotcha. If you look in the video, I start crying when I reenact it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. That's why I thought it was the real one. Nah, and I was like, I how'd you pull that like off? It, nah, I was like, how'd you pull chi- that off? <laughs> it gave me chills going back to the spot. Same spot, and doing right? the same thing that I literally cried again. So it's funny that your story went that way too. So I got engaged in April, last April, oh, so almost great. a year ago. And uh, we were on a, we, we took a trip basically through California, Arizona, Nevada, Utah. Sick. But we did, yeah, San Francisco down to LA, Grand Canyon. And oh. uh, yeah, we got, we, I proposed in Joshua Tree. Okay. Yeah, but I have- Very similar though. Yeah, very similar. similar. And I, I literally, I have a pin on my map because we literally just side of the road in the Sick. middle of the park. So I have a pin in my map that we're gonna revisit someday. So I get, I understand that. Yeah, man. That's sick. Yeah. You'll probably shed a tear when you go back there. Uh, that's true, yeah. So tell me what, you know, we're here in Toronto, what's left of the tour, and then uh, before you get to head home. Shit, I gotta do Toronto tonight, London, Ontario tomorrow, Detroit, Columbus, and then we just keep moving. We make our way all the way back you to You went Calgary. through the States too? Yeah, we go up to Winnipeg as well and do Saskatoon and then Winnipeg. We've still got like Minneapolis, it's gonna be a crazy show. Um, 
And then we ended off in uh, Vernon in my hometown, and then we oh, did nice. one more show. So Vernon, Vernon's your hometown. Yeah, my hometown, cool. and then like my home city is Vancouver. Vancouver, so yeah. Going to Vancouver after, after that, so it's gonna be amazing, man. It's been a great tour. It's cool. been like life changing, really. Like, of it's course, been, like, yeah. Just so nice to see my fans again, be out here with my best friends. Like it's just been, it's been really good. Well, welcome back, man, and uh, thank you again for doing doing the show. Yeah, thank you, bro. Thank you. I appreciate yes. you, oh, thank, thank you. you for appreciate me on the man. podcast, bro. Awesome. Hell yeah. Thank you for tuning in to the Adamantium Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd absolutely love for you to subscribe to us on whichever platform you listen to your podcast. I'd also love to see you on social media. You can follow on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Thank you again so much for listening.